Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. We're back after a while. What was the last time we got together? Was that ABBA or, or what? I, I don't remember. Or, or Ozzy. Ozzy. Yeah, we're waiting for someone to pick an album, aren't we? So today <laughs> it's just Ken and myself, and we're going to do another album review, and hopefully we don't get long critical essays like we did with the ABBA one, um, which was very entertaining. It, it, you know, Still, these are our opinions about songs and bands that we listen to and there is no agenda when it comes to what we talk about we uh map out how we're going to talk about it and then just go today's episode is a band that is probably the first heavy metal band that i got into so they have remained close to my heart ever since i was introduced to them by i had a good friend growing up called mike and he introduced me to pyromania and uh, that's a giveaway to which band and which album we're going to be talking about today. And it was around the same time Quiet Riot Metal Health was, you know, big as well. So I don't remember which came first in, in terms of my lineage. Probably Metal Health, but, um, you know, whatever. Doesn't matter. You know, you, you've been into Leopard for a long time as well. I mean, your entry point was what? Yeah, my entry point was was high and dry um, when they had a, they had a, I can't remember if it was K- KSAN radio or whatever, one of those stations around here. Uh, they used to play like on a sun, I think it was like a Sunday night. They used to play uh, a full album of a new album, you know, artist, but uh, just a new album. And uh, I, you know, occasionally listened to it and then I was sitting there listening to it on a Sunday night and, and uh, they were playing Def Leppard. I know like, I never heard of this band before, but then right from the get-go, man, that <laughs> the thing just I like amazed uh, at each song, song after song uh, I was hearing. So I was like, oh man, okay, I'm gonna go get this. And I went, you know, the following I think it was Tuesday uh, when they used to have Tuesday releases and uh, picked it up, and you know, that that was the album for me. Yeah, so I may have been born in London, but I grew up in Bradford, Yorkshire. So Sheffield is not that far from Bradford, so it's a, a connection. But yeah, I got a couple of connections to Sheffield, actually. My sister, um, mm-hmm. when we left America, I went to Singapore, and she went back to the UK, and she ended up at Sheffield University years later, and her landlord was actually Pete Willis. And, oh, wow. Uh, he would he he would come around and do the, the landlord. landlord th- yeah, he would come around and do the landlord thing. So oh, you know that that was in the '90s. So well after you know he bought property mm. in Sheffield apparently after uh, his departure from the band, and obviously nothing worked out for him with Gog Magog and uh, Roadhouse. Mm. Uh, that's another album. Strongly recommended people check that. Roadhouse came out in the late '80s, probably a couple years too late, uh, in a similar vein to Hysteria. Pete, I don't know how much how involved he was but some very strong songs on that tons of b-sides as well let's get into diamond star halos yeah def leopard you know i the press is all hitting for them now on the album and there's you know a lot of backstories to them thinking they were going to be getting to work on a new studio album together march the 20th 2020 
And, well, something happened around that time. I was diagnosed with COVID, right, uh, mm-hmm. two days before then, and the world went to hell. But they continued to make an album, and they made this album across the phone, basically, with one another. They had ideas. Some of these ideas on this album go back nearly 20 years, and I think I think there's elements oh, really? that go back further. I think there's there's leftovers that, you know, kind of been, they finally had time to work on and develop. Mm-hmm. So it was a real nice surprise. I mean, let's just start off with reaction when Def Leppard announced that they had a new studio album. It's only been nearly seven years since the last one. Yeah, I mean, uh, for a band like you know Def Leppard and some of these some other bands that seem to put out uh, or try to stay active, uh, it was nice to see that they're putting something out. You know, keeping keeping out there. Um, so I'm always gonna check it out and definitely and, and see if see what it sounds like and see if it was good um so yeah i was very interested um just like them and you know the scorpions both you know scorpions wasn't very long ago too they they released theirs too and so i was interested in that um so just like that you know def leopard was one i would you just gotta check you know you always have to check to see uh what they're doing now and seeing if they've uh you know, still have it, and 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 you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes you're going to get some great stuff or surprising things. So uh, um, that you know, it's exciting. It was it was good to check it out, and I'm glad I did. It's always good when a band announces a new album. I've never skipped a Def Leppard album. I've always been current on them. There's one band that's never fallen off my radar, whether it was X which uh, I, I dig, whether it was Euphoria, which I loved, um, you know, slang. They've they've never lost my, you know, complete kind of fanboyishness. Mm. I followed them through their changes and their evolution. And, you know, we're going to go song by song through this, and then we'll pick some faves, some least faves, uh, what's missing. We're not going to rank the songs because there's just too darn many on this album. 50 yeah, it's, it's too difficult. <laughs> it's, uh, which version did you get? Did you get, um, I think the, it's clearly the regular edition. From I got the regular, the re- regular black, you know, kind of the black and white art edition. Here's the CD, but it's, I'm sure yours is, uh, I think you showed a color version. Yeah, I, I ordered the wrong one apparently. Um, or I, I'm thinking what happened with me is I did not order the deluxe, which had a color <laughs> cover because oh, okay. it came in a freaking digi pack, which I despise. Uh, and maybe that's why I ordered this one. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I ordered the regular edition. Um, I, I think I ordered the uh, limited edition vinyl with the sign litho. And I have a oh, package nice. coming from Live Nation uh, at the end of this week, which I'm hoping is that. But I, I usually don't do that. But for, for Def Leppard for this one, I did. Let's get into the songs. Let's start, we're going to start right at the beginning. Album kicks off with um, Take What You Want, written by uh, Joe and Sav. You know, what's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good way to start an album. I, I think it's you know one of the obviously strongest albums or strongest songs on the album. Uh, nice uh, intro uh, opening the song uh, in, that you'll hear a little bit later on in the bridge um, again. Um, it, but it's a nice intro. Then it kicks in, and you know, pretty much just it rocks. Um, I would, I you can tell it's Def Leppard. Uh, it's you know the 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 guitar sound. I guess you could say was as unmistakable. 
for Def Leppard. Um, you know, it's 80s and it's, you know, it's kind of sound and catchy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I just think it's a, a really good, strong, very strong song. Incredibly powerful starter for, you know, to open yeah. a, a track with. Um you know, I'm just going to read through my notes. I like the immediate groove and the catchy chorus, the solo battles. Viv storms through the first part um, with what I love about Vivian's playing. I mean, Vivian Campbell is a monster player when he's allowed the space to breathe. Mm. And there's often a little bit too much competition between. And I, I'll say it straight up. I have a love-hate relationship with Phil. Um, number one, I'm still waiting for a girl reunion. Number two, he gets a bit wittily fiddly with his Jacksons uh, <laughs> for me, whereas uh, what Viv does with a Les Paul or in a more traditional role, when you think back to some of the solos he was doing with Dio, um, mm. you know, are way more out of a different wheelhouse than where Phil has gone. But they complement each other nicely here, too, the the, the separate guitar work. Um so my, my last notes on that was go team lap because it, it's, it's a really Def Leppardish song, but it echoes farther. It, it's way more in kind of the wheelhouse of high and dry for me. You know, the hard rocking, you know, just continuous yeah, more, mm-hmm. rocking song than, and that doesn't have edges polished off with it. Like some of the run riot on uh, hysteria. Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on. Kick. Dave Bassett. I, I forgot to Google these other co-writers, but it looks like Phil's gone to quite a few kind of pop writers, some who've worked with bands like Weezer. And I, I off the top of my head, who well, I've actually got the wiki page. I can find out. Uh, yeah, uh, Vance Joy, Bishop Briggs, Hailstrom, Pop Evil. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of obvious from that that perspective. This has been a single. But it's also got yeah. super throwback, uh, super throwback, glammy swagger, and it's exactly. it, it's like a blender of leopard influences, uh, but it's easily immediately identifiable as deafest or leopards. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree. I mean, it, you know, it, it it comes in, it has has the hand claps, the whole bit. You know, um, it's very catchy, which is always a, a plus. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of, you know, it's poppy and yeah, I, I was thinking, I was thinking glitter, you know, glam, glitter, glam, uh, style. It's, you know, poppy has na 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 kind of stuff going on in there. Um, I, 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 when I listen to it, I could hear sweet, the sweet singing it. it I, I mean, it really, I, it would have been the perfect song for them. And it also has like a little bit of like, uh, I love rock and roll mixed in, you know, from like, uh, um, Joan Jett, you know, yeah. that song. So I could, I, I hear all those kind of elements. So it's, it's a very catchy song. It makes sense that it was a single. Um, one of my more favorite songs on the, on the album. Yeah. It's another one where there's a good interplay between those two different guitarist styles that blends mm-hmm. well. And most positively, two songs in, I haven't rolled my eyes at Phil's playing yet. That's a good thing for me. <laughs> All right, yes. moving on into uh, Fire It Up, another one, another one that's been kind of a single for the album. Uh, you go first on that one. Yeah, this one is more, uh, to me, it felt more, it's a good song. It, it feels more like uh, that it would fit on one of their, you know, mid, you know, 80s albums. Um, um, it has kind of like that pour some sugar on me kind of feel, the the kind of talking kind of verses 
and then it builds, you know, and kicks into the chorus kind of thing. Um, that that's very similar to like, you know, pour some sugar on me. Um, the riff is really good uh, in the song. It's a cool riff. Um, just a, a real good song in it. And if they're gonna make it sound like something from the past, I don't know if this was one of their leftovers, but it uh, it would fit in on, in the '80s for sure. Yeah, so Sam Hollander co-wrote this with Phil. He's worked with Weezer, um, mm. and I think Panic at the Disco for that um, one. But this is another throwback, and I'm glad you mentioned Pour Some Sugar on Me, because for me, this one is like half an inch away from moving into dub territory, which I know Phil touches on you know, quite a bit, especially back with Man Ray. So it, it's, it's a very interesting song structurally, but it's still got a glitter-like stomp going to it, and by that I mean Gary, yeah. Gl- Gary Glitter Stomp. Um, you know, unlike the Bolin and Sweet of the previous song. So you can see where they, they get the Diamond Star Halos coming from. That's a Bolin song, clearly, you know, mm-hmm. bag on. Uh, but I like the atmospheric solo here. So three songs in, and I'm still pleased with Phil. Awesome. Things are looking good. Um, good. Yeah, I think the, th- the first three songs are incredibly one of the most solid starts to a Def Leppard album in a very mm-hmm. long time. You got a great barn burner to open it, you know, to make high and dry junkies like me happy. But it maintains an adrenaline level through these first three songs very well. But it is very subtly downshifting, which moves nicely into this guitar, which is a complete left turn at Albuquerque. Yes. This guitar, Ken, give us your thoughts. Well, this uh, you said left turn, and that's what I wrote down in my notes, left turn. <laughs> that's the first thing I wrote down, left turn. You know, and uh, all right. I, I don't know. This song, you know, has Alison Krauss, right, who – I believe, you know, has the, in my opinion, the voice of an angel. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, in my opinion, it's just so much of a left turn that it doesn't fit there. It just, it just like halts everything. The, the momentum from the first three songs, so it halts everything. It really doesn't fit. Um, the song should have been kept maybe separate or as like a bonus I see that more like a bonus or, or some other project. It, it's a, you know, in, in its own world song by itself, it's a nice song, you know, it's well done. Uh, it, but it, sh- it should have been, you know, kept apart from these other rocking, rocking songs. It's, it doesn't really fit. So yeah, total left turn on that one. And I'm, I'm glad guessing. they did. I'm glad they did because it's an old song. It's 2003. According yeah. to Joe in an interview uh, that I was reading up on today, um, it's weird. It's X territory, um, <laughs> you know, for for being sort of the more manufactured pop by having. But it, it, it's a very sentimental song, which I love about it. And I wasn't sure what to think about Alison Krauss teaming with Joe and duetting, but the voices work so well together. I like this a lot more than I thought I would, but again, to give props to Viv, uh, that Beckish slide at the the very (laughs) beginning of it is just so tasty. It's unbelievable. Um, It's just nice to hear. Yeah, it's so nice to hear that sort of thing. Uh, But again, throughout, um, you got a good interplay on the guitars. The strings take it down into kind of, I don't want to miss a thing territory, but they do Mm. work. Um, 
you know, it's a stunning song, but it is out of place, you know, but where else would it fit? You know, well, I guess like I don't want to miss a thing maybe as a soundtrack uh, song to something, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just to me uh, and we'll get into another. There will be another Allison Krauss. Maybe I'll say my comments there after that one. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll move on. All right. Move on. Okay. SOS emergency. SOS emergency. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good, you know, it's a basic kind of rocker um has the your your regular Def Leppard kind of elements you know the guitar sound and and so on um you know gang vocals and and, and riffing and stuff um I I just it's to me it's just a regular kind of standard it's a basic rocker but it's a good song you know it, it works it works fine yeah, so catchy chorus, very catchy. It's a throwback for me. Um, it, it seems to be mm-hmm. more Phil than Joe. Um, total hysteria throwback, and I guess for newer fans, a uh, euphoria throwback. Um, yeah. But it, it's definitely more in that kind of vein of their later rockers uh, than anything else. Good song. Um, you know, not quite the same quality as the first three, but we're maintaining a very high level here. Liquid Dust, written by Phil. I better let you go first on that. Yeah, Liquid Dust. Um, I didn't want to think of it at first, but I, I kind of—it's kind of growing on me more. Uh, I kind of like it. It's—it's um, it's more of a laid-back kind of uh, song, um, laid-back kind of rock. Uh, what it is is—it's—it's it's not your typical sounding Def Leppard. It's more psychedelic type. Of song, uh, I would I would call it psychedelic, uh, with the the way a song is gone, you know, done in the guitar solo, especially the guitar solo. Um, it has almost like that psychedelic, you know, Beatles-ish, Beatles-y kind of feel to it. Uh, that's how I I interpret it. Um, but I actually like the more I listen to it, the more I, I like it. It's you know, it's a pretty semi you know catchy chorus. But it's, it's more about the feel of the song and the atmosphere, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, so my, my first round of notes on this uh, was one word, terrible. Oh, you didn't like it? Okay. No. Uh, I like it more gonna, later. I, I'm not going to skip it. I mean, I've already got this loaded <laughs> on my phone for going out walking mm-hmm. and all that. I don't skip songs and albums, even if I don't like them. This is not grown on me. It's slangish. And that, you know, the elements that you're talking about remind me of some of the things that they were experimenting with on that album. But there it worked for my taste. Here, it just doesn't seem to have a purpose. It's like more of a hodgepodge. You know, it's too many ideas going into one thing. And, um, you know, whatever he's trying to kind of present with liquid dust, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Um, Yeah. Sorry, Phil. I'm still I'm still happy with you, Phil, but not with that song in particular. Let's move on to another solo, Phil. Cut "You Rock Me" right down to the twelve-year-old um, titling. I was like, "Oh, yeah, for you. fuck's sake! What a letter you! What a dumb title for sixty-year-olds to be using." Um, 
But then again, it's rock and roll and it's fun and it's supposed to be. But my notes for this one is it's not as bad as the preceding track. So is that your notes? I, I think we, yeah, I think I've, I've fallen into a little bit of a dead zone here. It's catchy yeah. though. It's still Def Leppard catchy. Um, it, it's not horrendous, but I don't know. It's, it's clearly me and not the song because I, I like the catchiness, but I don't like the title and it bothers me. Well, yeah, yeah. I like how the liquid dust uh, kind of flows into, there's no separation. It flows right into the You Rock Me uh, song uh, from liquid dust into the, the end of that, into the beginning of You Rock Me. Um, I like, there's some acoustic guitar mixed in there. Um, I, it's a definitely different feel for different feel on it. Um, but I liked it. Um, I, I liked the breakdown in the middle. Um, maybe that's the part I like the most. Um, and the guitar, the guitar solo trading off, uh, solos trading off in that song. Um, I said, it, I wrote down, you know, it's simple, but, but real good. That's how I think of it. Nothing wrong with that. All right. A solo composition by Joe. Goodbye for good this time. Um, you continue. You're on a roll. Yeah, goodbye good for good. It's a ballad. Uh, we got the piano going on that one, on this one. Um, and it builds on that, on the piano. starts with the piano and builds on it. A uh, nice acoustic uh, solo and uh, and the strings, backgrounds and, you know, strings going on. Uh, and it is well done, I think. Um, I, I, I said it was on here in my notes and it's a nice nice song so it, it's it's good yeah yeah it is good it's a very strong ballad and i like uh, yeah. phil's acoustic guitar work on this yeah. one um you know def leppard's gonna hit you with some ballads on occasion and you either yeah. love them for it or you hate them for it and i'm I'm fine with it. It, it. It's a very pleasant song. I, you know, I'm not raving over it, um, but it, it's very decent. What What does shock me with, you know, every song on this album, and I'll say more when we, we summarize, is uh, just how strong the compositions generally are across the board. It's a very, very consistent album. Whether or not the individual songs hit my personal taste, they're very well-crafted pieces of music, um, mm -hmm. musically and lyrically, and that's what I like. All right. Yeah. Now I've got some negativity for the next one. All We Need, written by Joe and Phil. And my notes are straightforward. I hate the sampled drums on this song in particular, putting pans and plastic tubs, or the drum machine starting to wear very thin for me as it's far too present and obvious through this album in general. And drum machines are nothing new to Leopard, for God's sakes. Everyone knows yeah. about Pyromania um, and how the band you know, has used triggered samples to, to work with Rick's changed circumstances. But here, it feels that it lacks a drummer's feel with the programming. And it, it, it just very, it, it just gets old. And for me, what would make the song really good is for it to have the slang era acoustic kit that, you know, that Rick was playing. And that goes for a lot of the songs as well. That sound of those drums on slang 
mm -hmm. married with this material. Slang has some pretty up-tempo rocking stuff on it as well, not just the more experimentation uh, and textured stuff. Same here. They're still experimenting. They're still going through weaving a tapestry of textures. But this is very much a latter half of Def Leppard song with a strong chorus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of wondering who programmed the drums, actually. Ronan. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a drummer, right? No. Um, <laughs> it's Ronan McHugh. They're a studio <clears throat> yeah. guy. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, you can't. You can do it as much as you want, try to get a feel, but you're not going to get a real feel uh, when you program. So um, it's too, whatever you want to call it, um, electronic and, and exact. Um, yeah, so I, I thought uh, on this song, it has a typical kind of Def Leppard sound. Um, you know, it's a good verse and chorus, but it's, I, I might not say, you know, it's pretty basic. Just pretty basic. Though. So uh, I didn't, I don't rate it too highly. Uh, it's not one of my favorites on, on the album. Okay. Well, next one is probably, or uh, it's a contender for me for one of the best on the album. Incredibly strong lyrically. Open your eyes, Joe and Phil. Um, but it's the bass line mm. that absolutely steals the show for me. And Sav is full forward, center, present, very obvious on this song, but it's so vibrant. The song itself, um, they're in total command. They're at the top of their game. 45 years on, Def Leppard is still at the top of their craft compositionally, and it's absolutely incredible. And this is just one of those songs I'm like, wow, a band that old that I've been following most of my life mm -hmm. is still putting out quality songs like this. Amazing. Your yeah. Thoughts? It's 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 nice to that you know when the band can still you know do it and show they still have have something left in the tank you know um, open your eyes yeah I, I same thing I mean my notes you know about the cool bass riff right distorted cool bass riff going on um, and it's it, but it's you know it's a sl it's not a fast paced rocker it's a slow rocker um, and I like the uh, Gang vocals, background vocals, uh, that how they use those in the song. Um, and I, you know, the, the good soloing near the end and, and the, you know, it goes in and goes into a fade out. I wish they would have extended that soloing longer, you know, the fade out, uh, you know, kind of not faded. It was just, you know, pleasing. So I, I was hoping they would maybe do it for another 30 seconds at least or something like that. It uh, would have been nice. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really solid song. All right. Give me a kiss that rocks. Another Joe and Phil. It's a, the Joe and Phil show, clearly, uh, often has been. Um, lots of us Kiss fans have been saying that for quite a long time. Give me a kiss that rocks. I was thinking of that when I... Uh, well, when you start hearing lyrics like Sonic Boom Bang, it's like Sonic Boom. They, they, that's a Kiss album. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. it's uh, another strong rocker with a great groove. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I'm a straight ahead rocker. Yeah. Um, I like the verses and the, the chorus is decent. And, you know, it's a basic solo, just a kind of a 
straight rocker. I mean, yeah, I thought, oh, they, I thought, are they talking about Kiss? You know, they say they want to kiss everybody. Um, cause there was even a, there's a lyric in that song, something about shout it out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was like, am I, am I reading thought, too much into these lyrics or yeah, what? I, know. Yeah. I, I was like, well, no, nah, it must not be that. Yeah. I'm reading too much into it like you. So, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, good straight ahead uh, rock and song. Nothing yeah, wrong with it. Catchy songs, catchy choruses, catchy titles. Forty-five-year-old yeah. geriatric band. Good job, guys. All right, Angels can't help you now. Um, Joe, Joe Elliott has still got it. Well, you know, on the last album, or yeah, it was the last album. Um, what was it? Uh, I don't remember. Rick Savage killed it with a, a ballad. Um, just absolutely stunning composition. And this time, Joe Elliott is painting, a, you know, such a plaintive picture with this song. I mean, Angels Can't Help Unite. That's pretty darn, um, mm. you know, bleak. <laughs> total, total movie soundtrack song, this, uh, yeah. in my mind. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I I wrote it that you know it's a you know airy dreamy ballad, um, and I like the, how the backing vocals you know they're saying slipping away in the backing vocals how they, they did that and the middle uh, of the song where they're also the gang background vocals are saying you know can't help you angels can't help you now, um, and it has a you know a nice solo in it very good and it has a like a good nice build at the end of the song it builds um so yeah it's a it's a real it's the best ballad on on this uh album yeah very very strong from that perspective and there aren't too many ballads which is nice um lifeless Joe and Phil, again, featuring Alison Krauss. So you wanted to go back and talk about her on this one. Yeah, I mean, so on this song, for instance, uh, Alison sings, you know, the first verse is, is Joe, and then uh, on the second verse, she comes and sings with him. I would have, I would have rather have had her, had her own verse where she could have sing along. And then later, they could sing together, right? Because um, she, I, to me, she deserves her own separate in vocal, not kind of a, a second fiddle, uh, you know, a second fiddle, you know, oh. fiddle bluegrass, sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, and then she's on the backing vocal. So it's all nice, you know, very nice. Um, it's, it's almost, it's not as much of a left turn as the other song. Uh, this fits a little bit more. It's a good song, nice chorus, um, good bridge. And, uh, you know, again, I would have liked to have had her own, you know, little spotlight uh, on her her vocals. Because, you know, I I really like Alison Krauss and like in Union Station. If you ever heard the Alison Krauss and Union Station live, that's just it's a masterpiece of of work. Um, And I just love that. Um, so anyway, I, I think she could have been better utilized, I guess, is the, the thing for me. Yeah, Country Act's going to pick this up in no time. Taylor, yeah. Swift, Taylor Swift's going to put out her version in no time. Um, 
you know, I, I started off you know, again. My first notes on this were country pop pap. Um, but I'm I'm not against the crossover. Steven Tyler's done it very well in my I'm not opinion. against it. Um, Def Leppard's done it with Tim McGraw, Nine Lives, mm. of Sparkle Lounge. You know, Sam Bohr and Bon Jovi have done it. it. The crossover is okay when it works, and I'm fine with it. You know, the first time I listened to this one in particular, I had a brief WTF moment. But in terms of its music, it really doesn't swing the pendulum too far away from what Def Leppard is to me. And Def Leppard's pendulum swings a very broad spectrum, which is what I've loved about them, that they've never been afraid to go into areas. But I, I think this is one that really needs a country artist to, you know... And they could do something with it, with a little bit more legitimacy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's always a difficult thing for a rock band, especially when you're seen as a, a legacy <laughs> rock act. And, right. thank, and thank goodness, you know, Def Leppard refu- refuses to be a legacy act. They're going to keep recording albums, you know, just like Iron Maiden, Priest, all these bands from that's the 70s nice. that are yeah. called legacy. And they keep putting out new albums and playing them live. They're not songs. Yeah, they're they're not worried about hurting their legacy uh, by putting out new uh, new material. No, their legacy is secure, and you're going to hear what uh, what musically keeps them moving. Because if you're not creating music as a band, you're no you're no longer really a band. You're just a jukebox. And these bands that insist on making music, you know, whether it works or not, is half the point continuing to be creative and to express themselves and to show the fans where they're moving into, you know, Mm -hmm. everything on this album sounds honest to me. Nothing sounds contrived or manufactured. It doesn't sound like the stuff with Alison Krauss is there to try and pick up any of Robert Plant's audience, you know, from his collaborations. There's nothing forced here. Yeah. It, it's organic or or it appears to be if we're t- completely wrong well then it's sold well all right um best song on the album actually unbreakable again joe elliott this is just pure def leopard power to me yeah it was it was the only if fortunately it's not but if this was the only song on the album that i liked I would happily listen to the other 14 songs on the album to get to this one song every single time. Um, it's just worth it. And I hope that they do this one live because what it will benefit from the most is real, real drums. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> yeah. Let Rick, let Rick loose on it to, to reinterpret it properly uh, in the way that he plays today. And, Viv solo on it. I just like have a fist pump, you know, going for. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked Vivian Gap. You know, I'll, I'm not, I'll never hide that. You know, as much as I like, um, you know, Phil Cullen and where he came from with Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Viv came from a completely different place. These two different angles, and I'm, I'm more on on Viv's side. So, fan- fantastic freaking song. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like the song. Um, nice, you know, short kind of riffs with you know with a break in between um which you know it's 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 kind of you know the old rock style um classic um that you know a lot of bands have done but it, you know it works here and uh i like the verses the chorus is is good uh with very good 
backing vocals going on. Um, yeah, real good song. I think it's just a you know real good rocker. Yeah, cool rocker. Joe likes songs like that. I mean, Undefeated mm. was Joe. Uh, Invincible was Joe and Rick Allen. You know, so you know songs that kind of work out of that uh, that realm. They can still rock. They are still that same band, even though Pete's yeah. gone and Steve Stevens no longer, uh, you know, with with us. They are still Def Leppard, and they're they're still a rock band. All right, final track on the album, "From Here to Eternity." Okay, "From Here to Eternity." Yeah, first thing I heard as a thought of the old, you know, movie and eternity <laughs> from way back. But anyway, um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's interesting. It's a different type song. Um, it's more of a, I guess you'd call it a bluesy kind of riff. Um, uh, that's how I interpret it. Um, it's a pretty good song. It's different. Um, not a, not a typical Def Leppard, you know, not your typical Def Leppard song. Uh, sounds like, and it sounds like something else I've heard before, uh, but I can't place it like another band. Um, I don't know if it's trying to what it's trying to be Zeppelin or something else, but uh, I, I I can't I can't really pick it out. But I do like it. I think it's you know actually grown on me a little bit more the more the more I've listened to it. Yeah, written by Rick Savage. Unbelievable. No. Uh, just just how he's growing and continuing to grow as a songwriter as well. I mean. My notes are straightforward on this. You know, it's got so many textures, great harmonies. Another th- signature thing for Def Leppard is the harmonies, but it's dirgeful, it's mournful, and to me, it felt like a Daniel Craig era Bond movie ending. It's kind of oh. like the, it's kind of like an ending sequence when kinda, Bond, yeah. when Bond dies, or you think he's died, um, and you're going from here to eternity. But hey. hopefully, like James Bond, Def Leppard will be back. That's um, right. It's 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 a perfect ending for a fantastic album. All right, that's the songs. That's our thoughts on the fifteen. I don't think we need to go into the avant-garde versions of those. I was just listening to them uh, a bit earlier, but don't really have much of a thought. You got to pick three favorites. What are they going to be, Ken? All right. So my favorites are going to be three favorites. Uh, are going to be uh, take what you want. Which was the you know the leadoff song to the CD, um, and then Kick. <laughs> it's like you probably think I'm gonna choose the first three songs, but I'm not gonna choose the first three songs. I'm talking two of the three. Uh, so tell me, take what you want, Kick, and then uh, the one you don't like, the one you hate, uh, Liquid Dust. Really? Something, something about it I like. I really like. Yeah. Well, good. At least we're not cheating off each but, you other's know, homework. If you could change, you listen to it more. It's probably switch to something else. But yeah, t- tomorrow's a different day. I mean, I'm I'm going to be throwing Sparkle Lounge, uh, Def Leppard, and this on random. Um, I'll probably, oh, probably throw in the songs off uh, Mirrorball as well. The new the new studio stuff from there. All right, three favorites. Uh, Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. I, I better not rave about it that much, and uh, then not pick it. Open your eyes, obviously, and then I yeah. agree with you for. Um, uh, take what you want. The, those are those are my three strongest, but it could easily be you know eight or Something ten else. ten yeah. super strong songs on this album. It is that strong. It's strong. It is yeah. that consistent. All right, least favorite. Do you got one or two or three? I just listed three least favorite. I mean, 
again, it says favorite, right? So the least of the favorites. Uh, uh, well, one of them, okay, I had to do it. Um, this guitar. Really? <laughs> I had to do it because it was just. But it saved his life. It's a nice song by itself, right? But again, it's it's so much of a left turn. I mean, just so much of a left turn that I just had to put it on here. That's that's the main reason. It's not a bad song. It's just doesn't make sense where it, where it sits. So that's just all I'm saying about but, it. But 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 his dog died. But he still had this guitar. <laughs> his truck well, broke down. Well, he shouldn't have hit the dog with the guitar. I mean, anyway. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's that one. Uh, then give me a kiss. I have on there, and then uh, all we need. You might agree with that one. I maybe I don't know. I don't. Okay, well, even you're gonna put nothing. Even with the pudding pounds and plastic tubs, I don't. I don't agree. I, I, I can only pick one for like our least favorite. Right? Exactly. That I. I just. Yeah, I'm sorry, Phil. I uh, am just not taking to it. I'm going to continue listening to it. Um, you know, I can't say that the first time I listened to Slang, everything hit with me. It did take some time for a few of the songs to grow. Um, and, you know, maybe this needs uh, 35 more listens. I, you know, it's been on, you know, continuous repeat since I got it. Uh, my order from Universal didn't show up on time. So I was like, iTunes, um, just I wasn't right. waiting. Was not waiting, and I'm glad I didn't because uh, the uh, universal delivery didn't arrive very quickly this time. All right, what's missing from this album for you? We, we've kind of raved about all the positives about what we like that they did include. What is missing? And take well, that any which way you want. Yeah, well, a few things missing um, is the drummer. <laughs> um, that's one. Uh, I, I would have liked a little bit more. I mean, and they and they touch on it, you know, uh, with certain songs that Def Leppard staple kind of sound and feel from the from the eighties. Uh, I wish it was a little bit more of that. That's just, that's all. I mean, otherwise, there's really not a lot. I would say uh, missing on it. Um, it's it's pretty solid as as it goes. Yeah, the the it's not the drummer missing. The drums are missing for me. Well, yeah, that they're they they've got yeah. all. You know, I can understand the programming, but it's not the same. Programming is a completely different beast for me, um, in how it makes the song sound. An organic or a drummer's interpretation of percussion on the songs is a completely different perspective than someone programming a drum kit. It and is. and that's what I miss. And like I said, on some of the songs, the, the slang era sound of the drums would just take them to the next level, which is why I want to hear how many of these songs they do live and why I'm going to go back and check out that Sirius XM um, broadcast mm, yeah. to, to see how they sounded live. Um, but there's one other thing that's missing that relates to percussion and it, and it is the rest of the percussion elements, you know, it, wood blocks, you know, cowbell, all those cowbell. other little, um, accoutrements that season a yeah. song are completely lacking. Whereas the album has been seasoned with strings and a lot of dedication to that additional backing vocalist brought in to change the dynamics of the harmonies. Um, 
so so that's one other area that that is lacking i don't think it it's a negative it doesn't make it a, a worse album shall we say for not having it but its presence is missed to my ears that it doesn't feel like the sound is fully there or maybe i've you know mutt lang's polluted my mind um <laughs> last thing that's missing viv mm. not a single co-write all fill in fact Possibly too much Phil. Monopolized there. Well, I don't know if, if, if Vivian doesn't. I, I don't know what the involvement is. You know, if he's busy with his last in line stuff, and that's where his, his creative energy is. He's got an EP coming out right. um, for that, if that's where the energy has been. But it, it feels a little bit unbalanced from that perspective in the, that second guitarist songwriting voice. And Viv, don't forget what he brings to the band in ter- terms of songwriting on albums past um, would break it up slightly. But then again, I, I think there's a good diversity of material across the board. It was just not seeing his name as much in the credits as perhaps I hope. And, and that may just be a personal taste type thing. All right. Overall, wrap up your thoughts with uh, Diamond Star Halos. Persuade yeah. someone who hates Def Leppard why they need to have add this to their playlist. Who hates Def Leppard? <laughs> well, because it's not your typical Def Leppard. Um, like maybe if, if you didn't like Pyromania or something like that, um, uh, it's not all like that. There may be a little bit of sounds from that, um, but uh, it has a lot of different uh, material that actually spans, you know, uh, styles that span their career, I guess. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, it's a real good, well-written, well-written songs, uh, well-written album. Um, I guess the only thing I would say is if they could have, you know, reduced the amount of songs, some of those like left turns and, and made a, a real I mean, it's solid. They could have even made it more solid by putting like a a twelve, a ten or a twelve uh, song CD or album, and then had bonus kind of cuts, like a, a extended edition or limited edition with if you wanted the extra song, something like that. That's just that's just me, I guess, marketing <laughs> or whatever. But otherwise, it. Really, the, the the whole album is good, and they're able to put 15 songs on something, write that many, you know, decent songs, and they're not really throwaways, then you're doing okay. Yeah, you know, for very lacking in throwaways. You know, it's almost yeah. it's almost like a physical graffiti in that it's got a lot of diversity, you know, in mm-hmm. a couple of country-ish yeah. type songs, some pop songs, some hardcore rockers, some acoustic guitar featured. So it's a, it's a real potpourri of Def Leppard sounds. And I think that's a reason to get it. It's a damn sight better than the most recent Ghost album. So I think uh, mm-hmm. old uh, Papa Emeritus uh, Tobias better go and uh, buy a Def Leppard album and see how the big boys do it because um, the masters are showing everyone who's kind of in a similar genre um, mm-hmm. how to craft songs and how you can still be cra- uh, crafting songs. So overall, it's a massive win for Def Leppard to be putting out an album like this in 2022, 45 years after their formation. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. It gives me hope. Uh, so maybe some other bands that are, you know, have been teetering 
on their last legs. Well, it's probably too late because they will have spent the past two years during COVID. This is how a band should yeah. spend their COVID downtime. Obviously, exactly. no one knew it was going to take as long as it did. But now yeah. Def Leppard's ready to head back on the road during the summer. They've got an album. They've got videos. Yeah. They've got exposure. And they, they've got, you know, hopefully a lot of happy fans. Yeah, All I right. think it's going to be good. That's it. Diamond Star Halos. Uh, you know, we're, they're kind of winding down clearly. You know, six albums in the first 20 years, or studio albums, four in the second uh, 20 years. So for the next yeah. 20 years, the forecast is there'll only be two Def Leppard studio albums in the next 20. So <laughs> look, look yeah, look forward to them when they come out. Check it out wherever you buy your CDs, support your local record stores and all that. And thanks for joining us on the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. Ken and me are out. Take care. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. Facebook.